Oh, I absolutely love that song. Here, here I am, Lord. Because it is a very special song to both Heather, Heather and me. We had a friend sing that song at our wedding. And uh, so whenever we, we sing that in church, it's always like, they're playing our song, honey. That's really cool. Always very emotional. Um, and, it, you know, when you, well, when you look at the song, it's not exactly a wedding song. Um, but considering uh, where we were, what we were heading into, we were beginning this long journey into uh, ministry, but also a journey as husband and wife. Uh, it seemed like a fitting, fitting song for, for us and what our life would be. So we heard in that song uh, certainly the call to bring God's word to his people, but also for us to be called to be joined together as husband and wife. And so the answer for, for us for both was, here I am. Send me. I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> now that song was written by a Jesuit named Dan Shute. And he was asked to write a song for a, a mass, a special mass for ordaining deacons. And so he drew on the biblical accounts of God calling his servants, the prophets. Uh, Isaiah is one of them. And of course, Samuel which we have the reading today, which is Samuel's call into ministry, where uh, Dan Shute got the words that form the uh, refrain for our song today. So, looking at our Old Testament reading, this all takes place way long ago in the tabernacle. Okay? This is before the temple. They're still in the tent of meeting, where Eli, the high priest, was serving. Now, he was very old. He was going blind. He'd been serving for quite a while. And in contrast, we have this very young boy named Samuel. He was probably, could be 10, 11 years old. I mean, he was a very young, young man. And for a little bit of background, Samuel is the son of Hannah. And Hannah, if you recall, is, is the woman who, who desperately wanted a son. She, she prayed so earnestly for a child, and she had none. And so she would come, and she would, she would weep and pray and pray and weep and just earnestly go to God saying, Please, Lord, Grant me a son. And she was so, so determined that she said, you know, Lord, if you grant me a son, I shall, I shall dedicate him to you. He will serve in your, in your tent, in your tabernacle, all the days of his life. Just please grant me this, this wish. And he grants her wish. He answers her prayer. And so uh, she has a son named Samuel, and she dedicates him to service of the Lord, and, and he is now under the uh, uh, care of Eli, the high priest. So we're told that the word of the Lord was rare back then, okay? So, which is probably why the high priest on duty, who, who probably should have recognized God calling Samuel, didn't get it at first. You know, God comes calling in the night, says, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel, he, says, he jumps up, he says, here I am, goes to Eli, he assumes Eli is the one who called him, and Eli's like, well, no, go to bed. Every parent knows this one, just go back to bed. I didn't call you. Happens again, Samuel, Samuel, runs, here I am. Until finally, Eli gets it, he's like, oh, this must be God calling. So he says, okay, now, now here's what you do, next time say, speak, your servant listens. Okay. So that's, that's really the, the, I mean, well, that's, that's the text. And so the focal point, usually, with this uh, reading, is Samuel's servant heart. You know, that this, this young boy, who we're told doesn't, 
doesn't know the Lord yet, hasn't been, hasn't received the word. And even the word of God was rare at that time. And yet, even still, he hears God's word calling him. And he just immediately says, here I am. He gets up and goes. You know, speak, your servant listens. And so usually we, we get this text and we focus on that and say, like, this is how we should live our life. You know, we, we want to see ourselves in Samuel, right? We want to be the one who hears God's calling and we say, yes, here I am. Send me. I'm, I'm ready to go. Speak, your servant listens. And because that's, like I said, that's our reading. That's where our reading ends for today. Very upbeat. God calls, you answer. Like in the gospel text, Jesus calls Philip. He says, follow me, and Philip follows. We should all have that kind of a a spirit in us. We have a wonderful real-life illustration of that today in Lydia's baptism. You know, God has called her in baptism to be his child. And so she is. Well, beautiful. Nice and easy. It's just too bad for our Old Testament text that it ends where it does. Because there's more to the story. (laughs) And it changes things a bit. So let's pick up at the end here. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Yeah, that's where, where we end for today, but let's continue. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Ooh. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel lay until morning, and he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell this vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son? He said, Here I am. Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you, and more also, if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord, let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. Changes the story a little bit, doesn't it? (laughs) Changes a lot of stuff. Because we're very excited at the beginning. The word of God is coming back. It was rare, but now he's speaking again. And he's doing something that he says, I'm going to do a thing here, all right? And he's calling this young boy. You know, you got Eli, who's the, the old priest. Now you've got a young boy that God is calling into his service. So God's doing something radical, something new, starting with the next generation. It's going to be awesome. This is going to be a wonderful, beautiful thing that God is going to do. So what is it? What will you say to me, Lord? Here I am. Speak. And God says... All right, so here's what's going to happen. You ready? I'm about to bring the hammer down on old Eli there. Okay? This whole house of his, yeah, I'm going to punish them forever for their sins. Whoops. (laughs) Not the greatest first call. See, the deal was, I mean, Eli wasn't per se an evil man. I mean, he was sinful like any of us. But the big problem really was his sons. He had two sons who also served as priests. 
And they were not good at all. They disrespected the sacrifices that people would bring. Uh, you know, the priests were able to take a little portion for their own of the sacrifices, but uh, Eli's sons would take more than they were supposed to. They would take it in the wrong way. They would take it before it was even given to God. Big no-nos. Uh, they did all this horrible stuff. They would, they would take advantage of the women who served at the entrance of the tabernacle. These were evil, evil men. And so when the people came to Eli saying, do you know what your sons are doing? Do you realize how evil they are? Eli didn't do anything about it. He said, all right, I'll have a talk with them. And so he did. He said, hey, guys, the people are talking. Why are you doing this? And his son's response were basically, so? So what? And Eli's response was, well, what are you going to do? And he didn't do anything. He allowed this evil to, to go on and to get worse. So this was not a fun start into the ministry for Samuel, having to announce God's judgment on his aged mentor. But the thing was, this is not news to Eli whatsoever. He knew all of what God was going to say. God had told him exactly all of this before. And actually, he went into greater detail about how his sons would be struck dead on the same day. And, and so Eli knew the judgment that was coming. And yet he still tells Samuel to answer the call, to receive the word of God that was coming to him, and to share it with him, knowing what was coming, knowing what God was bringing down upon him. And see, when we, when we stop halfway through the reading and with Samuel, you know, we, we, we likely see ourselves, we want to see ourselves in Samuel, right? I mean, we're the ones who have heard God's calling. We're here. We came to church today to stand before God and say, here I am, Lord. Speak your word and send me. Show me what you want me to do. Because look at me. I'm here. I'm ready. But once we get the whole story, I think it's more fitting and appropriate that we see ourselves in Eli. (laughs) Because we come to God's house exactly like he does, knowing full well what we have done what we have said, how we have sinned, knowing that we only deserve to come and receive God's words of condemnation. I mean, we admitted it. We started the the service with a confession of our sin. We come before God. The first thing we do is we all gather together. We say, okay, I'm here and I have no business being here. This is God's holy house and I am a sinner. I have no place here. And there's no excuses we can make, no, no sense hiding any of our sin. We come here not to say, look at me, how good I am. Look at how well I've got my life together. Look at how right I am about all things. We come here to admit, I was wrong. I'm barely keeping my head above water. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. I can't handle any of this. And so with Eli, we're resigned to say, you know what? It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. But thanks be to God that it's not Samuel who speaks to us today, but God's own son. 
Jesus Christ. The very word that comes directly to us from God, speaking words of redemption and peace. See, in Samuel, we see the foreshadowing of Christ, God's servant who willingly says, Here I am. Send me to your people. Send me to speak to them. But rather than speaking judgment for our sin, like Samuel did, Jesus takes that judgment upon himself. He stands in our place so that we could stand in his. He receives the wrath of God while we receive the blessings, the abundance of mercy and grace from God so that we would be forgiven, so that we would be made new and live in the hope and promise of everlasting life. So here we are in God's house. Come to admit that we were wrong. Come to admit that we have treated others badly. That we have hypocritically judged others. That we have allowed evil to run freely in our lives. We've come to say, I, here I am, a sinner. So that we can hear Jesus say, here I am, the one who takes away your sin. Who says, here I am, I forgive you. Be at peace. Those are the same words that were spoken over Lydia today. In her baptism, God said, here I am to make you my child, forgiven and joined in everlasting life. Those same words spoken over you in your baptism, working the same grace and mercy that we witness today. And they are the same words that we hear even now as we prepare to come up to the altar to receive the very body and blood of Christ. Because as his body and blood are placed in your hand, Jesus is saying, here I am, given and shed for you. Here I am, I love you. I forgive you. And I am with you now and for all time. Amen.